the black rocks and revolution. Samurai punk feminist solution. White noise, your audio pollution. This is not a test. Calling all your slaves to the ground. Coming out your grace for the mind. Had eyes, but still you are blind. This is not a test. All right, so in uh, this episode, this was the last minute thing. Ted Harms had got a hold of me through Messenger. He's doing um, a silent movie. He plays music, his own music, or they improvise music along with silent films. And they, they've been doing it now. They've been doing it for 16 years, the same theater. But anyway, the, the background with Ted Harms is Dr. Harms is his father. And um, he was my nuclear physics teacher when I was like my master university. So that's the connection kind of. But mm. yeah, it turns out we know a lot of people in the community. Anyways, uh, mm. we'll get into this episode of... Uh, sort of ted's growth in music which which sounds like to me with the podcast from the interview as it came later in life but then he really accelerated and put in the early 2000s put a band together an improv band to play silent films so this is something you want to try or something music that you you know believe in yourself or i want to try something else this is definitely the episode you want to listen to let's get into it oh ted are you there i'm here do you want do you want my videos yeah, it's an audio video uh, event. Oh, oh, I didn't. Uh, my my hair's my hair's a bit of a state though. Okay, well, some people made a lot of money off that. Anyways, it's audio video. Oh, look at that! My hair, my hair, my no, hair yeah, my my hair is a state as well. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Uh, just so everybody knows. Uh, are you there, Ted? Yeah, just spitting on my lozenge. <laughs> so uh, just a background. I don't really know Ted that well. I know his father. His father was my teacher at McMaster University for the nuclear physics program. Just so you know, uh, sort of the background, that the connection. Um, well, we also know uh, we, you know, we've got we've got the 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 Jeff Cowell connection. You know Jeff? Of course, I know Jeff. Oh, Jeff's like my closest buddy growing up. Is that Sher Sherwood Jeff? Yeah, the drummer. Yeah. Oh yeah, I know, I know, I know Jeff too. Well, a little I bit. Was, a little bit. I was I was his counselor at uh, at at summer camp. Silver Lake. It, yeah, at Silver Lake. Yeah. In the early 80s, like this would have been like 82, 83 or something like that. And then and then he was staff and and I would think I was staff for one or two more summers. And then he got uh, he got the high school co-op job at Kerwood. That's I. Um, yeah, I, we were inseparable from 84 to about 84 to about 91. Okay. Um, and then, and then I started. You know, I was I I I go to Turwood every now and again, and I and I talked to Jeff and uh, I pressed him into drumming for for a gig with my high school band and uh, my band from high school, I guess I should say. Yeah. And then you know we just kind of kept up and you know called each other every now and again, and I took drum lessons from him for a while. My wife took drum and guitar lessons from uh, for a while, and. And all that. So yeah, no, Jeff's uh Jeff's a real mensch. I uh, I worked at Silver Lake for a week in eighty nine, summer of eighty nine, I think it was. And a I, week. I, I a first, whole week. 
the whole, I, I started the kitchen and then I was there for about half a week and then I had to go do maintenance for the rest of the week. Yeah. Um, so it was, it ex- I, it was a kind of a different experience for me because you got to feed all these kids every three times a day. And uh, I got to uh, I got to learn about cooking for people, right? And I thought I thought gigs were a long day, like cooking for people. You have to start like four in the morning, and and by seven o'clock at night, now you're cleaning all the pots, getting ready for the next day again. Yes, it never. Yeah, ends. I was, I was, I was staff. I was like a counselor, and then staff person, uh, and I was head of maintenance one summer. Yeah. Uh, and that was summers of uh, 84, 85, and 86. And then, uh, and then, and then I, you know, finished high school and went to, went to, uh, went to, off to university and, uh, and all that. So, so uh, I just, I read the art, I read the, the, uh, the thing you sent me in the messenger to Alan. So just before we get into your life and music, let's just, uh, Okay. Let's, let's 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 find out what, what the silent, you know, spend five minutes about the silent film at the Registry Theater, which is on Frederick and mm. Kitchen Waterloo. People want to know. Um. So yeah. So I I have a group uh, called the VOC Silent Film Harmonic, and we accompany silent films uh, with with live music. Oh, it's um, live. It's live. Yeah, one hundred percent live. Uh, oh. This sounds a little bit like Nash the Slash, a little bit. Yeah, he did. He did. Uh, he did um, Nosferatu. That's right. And, That's and uh, hey, he hang did, on, uh, hang on, wait a minute. Are you telling me that Nash the Slash did this? For yeah, and, uh, well, he played. He played along with silent films. He did. Yeah, yeah. He did. He did. He did a show actually at at the registry and. I don't know, late nineties or something like that. He did, he did, he did a show. I, uh, I was there for that. Uh, turns out the, the, the drummer for, uh, for, for the, for, for the VOC was at, was at that show as well. That was, you know, I mean, but this was before we had, uh, before we had met. So. Hmm. But, okay. Uh, uh, but you're so, taking but, it, you're taking it to another level though. Thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I hope I am. Yeah, no, we've we've been doing this for about this is I guess six fifteenth, sixteenth season of us doing it um mm-hmm. at the at the registry. Are you serious? Um, That's how long it's been yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, how did it go? We did we did one film the the very first year. Uh, we didn't do any the next year. The next year, I think we did two films, and then and then we kind of ramped up. Uh, and and now and now we're doing three three films uh, at the Reg, and now we're also uh, taking the show on the road, and we are playing uh, at uh, a cinema in Hamilton uh, mm. and at a cinema in Ottawa. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I wonder. Have you ever heard in Toronto? I was just at a, a the. The the debut of uh, of the documentary of Willie Deville uh, when heaven stood still I was at the it was the uh, it's on Bloor Street is it the Paradise uh, but it's an old but it's a great venue for something like that yeah um, well they've got there there is the Toronto Silent Film Festival um, oh at, and I think they have it at the Review Cinema or something oh, I don't I, 
Uh, I I don't I don't know Toronto. Well, we were hoping to start playing Toronto with this film, but um, our uh, our one uh, our keyboardist daughter uh, has a has a bar in in Toronto, and and we were trying to make this film work, and it just just didn't work out timing wise and all that. So mm. hopefully, the second and third films of our season will be uh, will be playing in in Toronto then. Okay. All right. So. I got to ask, good. Uh, Ted, your yeah. your father was a a science guy, but you're not. You're you went to the University of Waterloo, right? Yes, and I majored in philosophy. Philosophy, so it's the complete <laughs> opposite of your of your father. Very much the opposite. I uh, <laughs> uh, I I I almost I I'm sure I'm sure it was probably one of my father's disappointments in his life that ah! that I. <laughs> I almost, I, I almost failed grade thirteen physics. Yeah. Uh, I almost failed. I mean, I mean, I almost failed grade thirteen chemistry. Um, <laughs> you know, I took, I took, I took like some maths in in grade thirteen, and I mean, I'm like, like a solid low sixties in those in, in those courses and all yeah. that. So, you <laughs> know, I've got I've got two older sisters. One one went uh, to UW for math. One went to UW for CS. Yeah, and then there's this guy who 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 shows up and wants to study philosophy. So, <laughs> uh, what was the other thing? Um, uh, just so everybody knows, just a quick thing. I got to do labs in the actual nuclear reactor at McMaster. Nice. I got to do at least nice. two of them, right down at the bottom. Uh, so just so everybody knows. Okay, so in the blue water, in the blue water, yeah, blue. we were down in the basement, down around where they. Anyway, so what's um since this is more about music and you right so when did you think let's say let's say for you let's say art and music when did that become important to you at what age like when did you start noticing it you know being pulling you you know what well, i mean um my so i've got I, I i have i have two sisters two older sisters and and one of them played piano and so, was going yeah. through going through the rcm stuff you know so 100 uh, percent classical and all that I remember, you know, so so we had a piano in the house. Oh, RCM is Royal Conservative Music. And it, right? Conservative Music, yes, yeah. yeah. Okay. And uh, so we had a piano in the house, and and I would plink at it, and I, you know, uh, and then and then and then at some point, I think my other sister started wanted to play guitar, and so there was an acoustic guitar in the house, and I probably plinked at that for a little bit, and but just didn't really have any gumption for it, and then I guess. You know, I, I kind of grade seven. I kind of discovered classic rock, which you know, before that, oh, so, I had been so, listening to. Oh, okay. Classic rock. So, so started. Okay. So, so, so before that, it had been kind of you know AM and pop, and then when I was in grade ten, uh, I saw the first, the first of many farewell tour concerts by the Who. Um, uh, they were at the CNE and e in, in October of 82. Uh, uh, they played on John Entwistle's birthday, actually. And, and for some reason, that just, that, that was it. I remember, uh, it was soon after that, that, uh, my dad, uh, hair doctor professor Archie Harms and I, you know, trundled down to Dundas Music, because I, I grew up in Ancaster. Uh, we trundled down to, to Dundas Music and I got, um, uh, a rented bass, a, a West Tone Thunder One, 
Yeah. Uh, and and a like a little 10 or 20 watt stage bass amp. And uh and then started taking lessons uh through Gundas music. And then that was a year or two of that. And then I kind of and then I actually picked up guitar. I, I got uh an electric, I got uh a vantage um Avenger guitar, uh, a strat copy, and uh and then started playing with that got uh, got into a band in high school uh the first song we did um for like a like a high school talent show or the whatever it was we did uh for whom the bell tolls by uh, metallica are you serious that we like how old were you then what? uh well well it it you know i surprisingly i i this the album probably would have just come out i think we would have done that song we would have that would have been like 1985 uh, that's also so. 83, but how old were you in okay. 83, though? Uh, I was, uh, I would have turned 16 that, that summer. Okay, so it looks like no. around your early teens is when you started, you know, oh, this, yes. is, this is something's going on here. I gotta, so, yeah. Wow, then, man, like you're a metalhead. Like that would be considered <laughs> top of the, back then everybody knows that was a, that was the iconic metal, uh, yes. stage. Except uh yeah mark. but but i mean i mean i mean the 80s yeah. i mean i mean i mean the the metal that i was hearing on on the radio i mean it was it was it was it was hair metal it was it was rat it was you know deaf leopard it was not and and it was the guys that i that i that i played with um they were i mean i remember hearing um, you know, they, they, they were into Slayer, they were into Celtic Frost, they were into all the, yeah. you know, Venom, you yep. know, the, you, know, you, know you know, these, this was, this was music that, that I would hear in like kind of the mid eighties. And I was, and just, just the sound of it convinced me that, that, that my soul was actually going to go to hell because I just <laughs> had heard nothing like it. And now, and now that music is used for like, you know pop drop commercials and stuff like that and it's like wow i mean well yeah you know metallica you know music, 30 yes turned into 35 40 music. years ago that was just it was just something that that it was just and 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 also i mean in the 80s and certainly i guess in in, in my high school in the suburban uh high school that i was i mean there were there were really strict divisions you know if you listen to rock you did not listen to pop you didn't listen to rap you didn't you know every, every everybody was really segmented and then and then yep. i can remember uh hearing um uh uh faith no more uh epic and it was like no 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 you you can't combine metal and rap no 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 that's wrong and but then it was like wait a second you know this actually does kind of work it was yeah, anyways just a little just yeah, a little like, light bulb moment there. Who who was really good at that was um who really started that well too back then was um Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yep. They were well they were, and then they, they started intertwining it. Hey, before I continue, can I ask you something? Because okay. you live near Hamilton. Alan Alan, yep. you might have heard it too, because you're in Toronto, but Hamilton was really popular. They had a radio station called C C K C O K C or C K O C. Uh it was an AM station. AM eleven fifty. Oh, that's what C I listened to. Was it CKOC? CC. Uh, well, it wasn't. No, which CKOC, one? 
Please, the Kitchener Station. No, it yeah, was so Hamilton, it was, guys, it was Hamilton Station because I remember tuning it into was, it and it played AM. It was, it was CKCO. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. CKCO. Yeah. Eleven fifty. Oddly enough, a guy that I went to high school with, his sister was like the traffic reporter. Um, you know, if you if you listen to the news, there was you know, and and now off the traffic with a uh, uh, Pauline Johnson. And uh, oh and yeah, Pauline was, Johnson. Who? That and was that was uh, that was my my uh, my it, it, it was my friend's older sister. And uh, so yeah. Okay. Anyways, <laughs> that was like the hip thing to listen to. And oh yeah. Oh and then, yeah. Then I found out about rock and roll on it for my sister, and then it. Um, I uh. I used to go through my sister's records when she was at school or whatever. And one day it was like in 78, I picked up this album that had a naked guy on a brain, right? Looking at a guy with a hat. And um, as a ah, guy, oh, yes. As a okay. kid, I went, oh, that's really interesting. And I pulled the sleeve out and it was red. Yeah. And so as a kid, I said, well, I got to listen to this. And I put her on the headphones and it, yes. I was mesmerized, but I didn't know what it was, right? I didn't it, know that, what it meant. It was. That was hemispheres. Right. I didn't know what it meant, right? Hey, Al, yes. what, Al, when you were growing up in the 70s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you stay in your own lane when you got into music, or back then was it more spread out? Yeah, no, I mean, it was it was CCR, it was Led Zeppelin, it was the Guess Who. It I was, know, but did uh, you stay in that lane? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I went into glam rock, you know, David Bowie, T-Rex. Uh, I, I went, we went into the glam rock uh, lane. And uh, and I don't mean the hair band stuff. I'm talking about real glam rock, you know, Mott the Hoople, T-Rex, uh, David Bowie with the spiders from Mars and and all that stuff. But it was short lived. It was very short lived. And when 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 our band became, uh, you know, playing every night in Toronto, you guys were into this. The 80s screwed us up because we just mastered what we learned in the 70s. And we're now playing it. And the world changed while we were playing the clubs. Everybody's into the '80s now. What's going on here? <laughs> right, okay, so it, it sounds like so we so we died. We died out. Yeah. Okay, so uh, so Ted, uh, we're going so far here. Would you say is we're gonna move on? But would you say that music was a important element about you pick, picking your life's work in in like say school and your work and all that kind of stuff? Well, I mean, what what happened after high school? Was that I, you know, I mean, I remember, I remember dragging my, my, uh, my, you know, guitar and amp up, up to residence and all that. And, uh, but I, I kind of dabbled, uh, wasn't really all that serious about it. Um, you know, the nineties started and, you know, I, I started, I, I, I got on full time. Uh, I, 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 you know, with a, with a full-time job and all that. And then it wasn't until kind of like mid to late nineties that I kind of said, you know what, I actually kind of do want to get back into, in, into uh, playing music. I mean, I kept, I kept, I kept listening to it. Um, early nineties, I, I probably kind of stopped listening to the radio uh, and was starting to get more into jazz. Um, I, wow. I started listening to a, uh, to, to a, to a, a, a guitarist uh, named Bill Frizzell. Um and uh and he was doing at the time he was doing a lot of really i mean i mean one one album that would be him with like john zorn doing really kind of squeak and scronk 
Whiplash, Change of Tempos music. And then the next album, it would be, uh, you know, uh, not straight up, but it would be, you know, a little bit more traditional. And, uh, and, and so, and so I, I was, I was liking that. I was liking that. Well, you know, here's somebody who can do, you know, uh, you know, not almost anything, but I mean, he was certainly playing a variety of genres, a variety of styles. Um, and, and so then I started kind of getting, I, 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 I dusted off uh, my bass, dusted off my, uh, my, my guitar, started taking lessons with a local cat named uh, George Arvola. And, uh, George Arvola? Why do I yeah. know him? Well, he was, he was a local teacher. I mean, I mean, I don't know how many bands he, 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 he played in. He, he gigged, gigged quite a, a, I don't want to say a lot, but. I think, uh. Rob Zap, sorry, Rob Stevens, my buddy, was a, was his teacher in the yeah. early 80s. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and and so then, and then and then and then and then this is actually this is this is this is the hinge moment. Sorry if I'm going on too long here, That's, but uh, but but what but, it is. but uh, the hinge moment was 1992. Yep. Yeah. And uh, sorry, uh, 2002. 2002 oh, and, and my wife here. yeah sorry it okay a little uh 2002 my wife uh bought me an upright bass uh as a birthday gift wow that's quite a gift um, it, yeah well this i mean she was my my wife was running an after school program and one of the kids she was looking after was the son of jordan greer who at the time was the associate uh uh upright you know up uh associate principal bassist uh for the kw symphony oh and you know and 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 she said oh you know you know my husband plays bass and i'm sure i'm i'm sure george greer that's his name you know probably laughed because you know you know he's a bassist i'm just i'm just a hack and anyways um one of george's students was looking to upgrade uh, his base and and Sharon said, "Well, how about how about I I I will I will exchange free childcare uh, for for the base and uh, and George, you know, George kind of facilitated that and uh, and mm-hmm. and then uh, and then uh, and then and yeah, and, and so then and so then that was uh, that then kind of put me full on into more of the uh, kind of getting continuing with the jazz but getting more into the improvised weirdo stuff um and uh and then i met a guy in guelph a drummer named jesse stewart who was who was running a weekly um free jazz free improv workshop um ostensibly i think he was actually teaching it as a credit course uh for music students at at the university of guelph but hey, he just, made it uh, kind of open. Hey, Ted, I just want to interrupt everybody for a minute. Just so you okay. know, just, uh, the Canterbury Symphony started in 1945 in Kitchen Waterloo, and it's probably one of the biggest symphonies around, like probably it's internationally known. But just yeah. recently they declared bankruptcy mm-hmm. and their whole season got canceled, which is, uh, yep. just so everybody knows, that's, a, that's pretty wild. Like, it's pretty crazy. I don't think that's ever happened before. Uh, in well, our community, so just so everybody knows the backstory at this time. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I yeah, wanted, I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, that's okay. I mean, I mean, I mean, sadly, symphonies last 10, 15 years have, have not been kind to, to symphonies. There, there have been a few other that have, if not fully shut down, at least, you know, musicians went on strike because, you know, uh, you know, symphonies, you know, weren't, 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 you know, were basically paying absolute drag. Um, and, uh, and anyways, so yeah, no, uh, sadly, I think, I think classical music is, you know, yeah, kind of, I don't want to say on its way out, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, clearly, clearly the KW symphony had, had trouble kind of keeping and maintaining an audience. So yeah, it's, uh, and it costs millions of dollars, so, you know, millions to keep it going just for one year. Yeah. And they, uh, and they, I also... Sorry, I would imagine tech, I would imagine <clears throat> I would imagine technology has something to do with that too. Uh, another victim of technology. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go no, Brad, go ahead. Uh, they also have access to the sim, like they have access to the center and the square at a fixed cost. They have all sorts of, you know, perks, you know, financially, but it, but it still is, it went under. So it's yeah. so it's pretty telling, right now. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I mean, I mean, I think, I think the, the classical, I mean, you, you kind of, you kind of compare, kind of compare like, you know, the KW Symphony to like, maybe like, like the Stratford Festival, where yeah. I'd say your average, your average audience member kind of skews on the older side yeah. of things, but yet. But yet, you know, Stratford and, you know, uh, seems to have, you know, you know, they, they, they have, they've been, they've been able to keep, or actually to, you know, and, and, and to pull in a, a younger audience. Yes. A they still have the older audience, you yep. know, you know, they're, they're still doing the straight up Shakespeare, but yet now they're also doing, you know, Spamalot. I mean, I, I remember like 10, 15 years ago, whenever, whenever Stratford started doing musicals. And everyone got upset. Oh, what do you mean you're doing musicals? I mean, that's not yeah. that's not Shakespeare. I know they had to diversify yet. though. So yes. Uh, so. just so everybody knows, Stratford Festivals in Stratford, where Justin Stratford, Bieber, Ontario. Yeah, Justin Bieber grew up. That's his hometown. But it's had yeah. it's been doing Shakespeare. It's the biggest Shakespeare theater outside of England since 1950. Yeah, it's extremely yeah. well established. Uh, all right, sorry. So. Continue. Um, anyway, so yeah, so I, I I started humping it out to Guelph, um, to to Jesse Stewart's um, workshops, and I did that for about a year and a half, and that again was also just like a mind blowing event, where just you know this whole world of of names, you know people like you know names Cecil Taylor and Albert Eiler and 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 you know. Han Han Benick and and Ken Vandermark and then uh, the Guelph Jazz Festival yeah, uh, was big. going on yeah. and they and 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 that was the kind of music that they were bringing in so it yeah. was a chance to see people like William Parker and you know uh, 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 Hamid Drake and 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 people uh, people like that and and that was just really eye opening for me just this other kind of world. Um, Jesse Stewart had to kind of pull, pull the plug or not, he didn't pull the plug. He wanted to actually focus on his studies. So he stopped, he stopped the workshop. And I said, well, you know, why don't I start, start one up? And so, uh, and so, and so I, I kind of put out a few feelers and, uh, 
and uh, started up with uh, with Catherine Ladano, uh, the Kitchener Waterloo Improvisers Collective, and we were meeting weekly and again trying to get people together and just again just 100% free improv, you know, kind of doing some exercises and some games and and just basically making noise, um, and and. We organized a couple of concerts. We would bring up, we, we had gotten to know a few people from Toronto. Uh, we would bring them up for shows. Uh, and basically, and, and it was at one of those shows that after a discussion that, that we realized that, um, that the word audience is, is, is actually um, a plural word. So when just one person comes out to your concert, that's an audience. That's and uh, and as because we did shows, there would there would be the groups playing, and we would be playing for each other, and then there'd be one person that probably walked in off the street, probably maybe by mistake, and then they were they were too polite to leave, um, and and then and then we we're saying and 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 you know we were saying you know, what can we do to kind of have improv concerts, but to but to trick people. To into into coming out because because improvised music as a as a you know I don't know scared a lot of people they you know they they weren't sure what what they were getting and what I had read about was uh, that there were there was a, a, a film series uh, in New York City called called Loud Music for Silent Films and it was and it was avant garde musicians and they were accompanying. Silent films like Cabinet of Dr. Calgary and No. Oh, I get it now. So you're playing. I get it now. You're playing along with a silent movie, but it's a it's a free for all jam, basically. Well, 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 it's not. It's not because because what? Okay. There's a lot of threads here because 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 what what was happening around the same time was that I had actually joined the University of Waterloo Orchestra, which was a straight up classical repertoire. Brahms, Mahler, you know, all those things. And that was not, that was just a world that I was not a part of, but it was, uh, it was, it was really interesting. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm in my, you know, mid thirties, late, you know, late thirties, early forties. And, and my ass is getting kicked by these 18 year olds (laughs) who've been been doing this since they were five years old and they had been in youth orchestra and, and all that. And and so I realized the one thing that I had to do just to kind of figure it out was that I had to get a recording. I had to get the full score. And I actually had to just sit down and just make marks on the score as far as saying, well, okay, you know, for this section here, um, I'm coming in with the trumpets. Okay, so so and 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 you know, and oh my god, this is a really fast tempo and you know, and and you know, I'm not I'm not going to count a 72 bar rest. So it's like, okay, well, bar before I come in on bass, you know, the French horn does 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 this. And so taking a look at symphony and breaking it breaking it down, you know, I mean, and I I know anybody who who pays attention, this is not this is not this is something that they just knew. But for me, it was just a it was just it was just mind blowing to realize well not everybody is playing all at the same time. 
you know, in a symphony, you've got, you've got, you know, me, you know, everyone's all playing, you know, for the big pieces, you know, for, for the intro and, 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 and at the end, you know, for the big climax and all that. But in between, you know, the melody is being passed around between different sections and, you know, here's, here's the support and here's the harmony. And, and, uh, and, and so, and so when it came to the silent film, what I said was, you know what, I don't want everybody playing all at the same time. So I think that's just going to be fatiguing to, to, to the audience. Okay. Yeah, you know, to to have to have five or seven people just going full on, you know, for an hour and a half, people are going to say, "Oh my God!" You know, my ears, you know, and and so and so what I actually come up with, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm not writing out a full score. Can't I can't even pretend to do that. Okay, so it's kind of like it's kind of like I'm going to feel it out. I'm gonna, I'm not going to have everybody play at the same time, but I have certain things so I can keep people in check. And sort of get a like a message across musically with the silent film. That's basically yeah. gathering. So and, okay. yeah, and I, right. I would hope I would hope you're also complimenting what's actually happening on the film. Well, I, well, so 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 the first Indirect, thing is that indirectly, indirectly. Yeah. So so to um, for what Brad said, I mean, I mean, what 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 we what I do is that I kind of break down the movie and say, okay, you know, from 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 the opening to the scene where you know the murder happens, we all play, and then from the scene from the murder to when you know the cops show up, I just want you two to play, and then for the scene after that, I want you three to play, and then this yeah. person solos, and then this and 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 then I want a duet, but it's going to be you two instead, and and so and so and so. I have a schedule, you right. know, as far as, you know, it's not, I'm, I'm not telling you what to play, but I'm telling you when to play. Okay. So yeah. I got, okay. So, I, so guys, but, I just, so we've got about two minutes, two more two forty minutes left. So, okay. Can you kind of summarize because the podcast no. is about you and music, right? So, <laughs> sorry. I think we get the gist of what you're doing so we can help advertise okay. it because I'm going to probably post this early to help you out. Um, okay. Thank you. What is it about? Well, me and Al want to know about what is it about you and music? What is it about Ted and music that wants you to go and do do a film and do all this extra work on top yeah. of your job and, and 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 fit this this complex thing together? What is it about to so just finish off? What is it about Ted and music? That I mean, it's it's that? it's that. I mean, there's there's the process, and I and I. I don't want to say it's a hassle, but you know, you you have to find times when everybody can rehearse, and you need to book this, and you need to worry about that, and how are all how are we all going to get there, and all that. Yeah, and then, that part, yeah. And then, and then, and then the film starts, and then, and then everybody. I hope I know at least I do. I get lost in it. Ah. I just, I just, I just totally. Oh, okay. I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm. I'm looking at the schedule. I'm looking at the screen. I kind of know generally what I'm going to play, but you know, we're playing something, and then and then and then and then the clarinetist does something, and I think, oh, okay, well, I'm going to kind of pick up on that little rhythm, or or I'm going to do something kind of similar to that. I'm going to do a little trill here or something, and then 
you know, and, and then, and, and, and I'm, I'm not, I mean, I don't want to say that I've cried, but I mean, there's, there's, there, there's some times where, where we're playing and I just think, oh my God, we've, we've, we've just discovered something. We were, we're actually just, it's like, who's actually making that sound? And I can't tell. I and know. it could be me. It could be me. <laughs> yeah. It could be, it could be, it could be, you know, one yeah. of the guitarists. You're going to an alternate universe that you know is yeah. in your heart, right? Yes. And then, and then, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's, and then that, that is what makes it all worthwhile. And that's yeah, sort of, that's the creative thing. process. Yeah. yeah. It's where Ted, you know, that's where Ted goes. And, uh, I go somewhere else. Well, you could say this episode again. I I would say this is one of our better episodes. Uh, very interesting. We put you in harm's way, so to speak. Uh, Ted Harm, uh, who uh, had quite the journey in music, as we all do, where we all start and where we all finish. And he's not finished yet. But no. uh, the collective. Sorry. No, he's not. He's not finished yet. He's got oh, lots to yes. do. <laughs> yes. But uh, so, you know, when we say put you in harm's way, uh, his current pro project, uh, which you said earlier at the beginning of the show, uh, has been going on for 14, 16 years. Uh, now they're taking it on the road as well as doing it in Kitchener, but putting uh, music to silent films, something that we brought up in this episode, you know, Nash the Slash started with one particular film. But uh, he, you know, they've taken it to another level, as you as, as you could say. But uh, I. I found uh, Ted very uh, interesting. I thought the journey was very interesting, and uh, I learned a lot, and I and I, I know you will too, so enjoy. Okay, so thank you, Al. Just so everybody knows, Nasty Slash was the, is a uh, mandolin, believe it or not, a mandolin player that, that headed a band in the 70s and 80s called FM. But he also, which is very strange because there was no guitars in the band. There's keyboards, drums, and and uh, mandolin, but he did a lot of side projects where he did art film, art movies, and he toured on his own with his own mandolin and stuff. So, and he's a little bit of Kennedy and content. All right, thank you. See you on the next one.